Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Adelaide's alive as the V8 supercars start the Australian leg of the championship. It's still the toughest event and one that um, probably second to Bathurst, and so that's, you know, that says a lot. Mercedes say watch this space when it comes to entering the series. You know, there's always a benefit for a brand in race. And Fujitsu bumps the main game from practice one. It's all coming up today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. For the first time in ages, Eclipse 500 will not start the series, but there's no less anticipation on what will be happening at the world's best touring car showdown. With Jamie Winkup leading the championship on a perfect 600 points, Winnerbottom, Tander, Will Davison are all looking to stop Team Vodafone's domination. Rick Kelly says that beating Jamie Winkup is a huge challenge. The most out of our car, we're the closest we've ever been. We are quite confident about setting the car up now and, and driving it. So, you know, we're focused on that and focused on getting the most out of ourselves and our equipment. And at the point we can do that, then we can definitely challenge Jamie. Todd Kelly thinks that the Jack Daniels racing team is better prepared than certainly their debut year last year. All four drivers in the team, as well as every team member, worked for the prior couple of weeks to the event till 2 and 3 in the morning just to make sure we could get there. You know, we didn't have pit equipment or cars or anything that you require to go racing at the beginning of that year, so the workload was massive. Um, so we're certainly much better prepared for it uh, this time around, and hopefully that shows in our results. Today, the Fujitsu Series bumped the main game from practice one. V8 Supercars taking the precaution of having so many rookie drivers in the series, giving them extra track time. The Fujitsu practice was a rookies-only affair, with the first practice for the main game, which was scheduled for main game rookies, and the bottom 50% due to the action-packed schedule was not being rescheduled. This means that all the main game competitors at this race meeting had the same practice time. V8X Magazine has said that Mercedes-Benz is planning to join the V8 Supercar Series in 2012. The V8 Insiders contacted Dave McCarthy, the marketing manager for Mercedes Asia-Pacific, about the rumours. AMG uh, support the Mercedes-Benz cars in the DTM series in Germany, in Europe. Um, Mercedes-Benz Motorsport um, availed, or mostly, mostly deals with F1, but also obviously the very heavy involvement in, in DTM. Uh, Anyone, if there was any official racing by Mercedes-Benz AMG in Australia, that that would be the channel that's from. Now, I've, I've heard that there are, you know, customers and, and others that are that are interested in, in racing our product under those cars of future guidelines. 
um, I think that would be fantastic for the, for the series. It's a bit of variety, never hurt. And what about the rumours doing the round that the V8 supercar has already been built by AMG as the first step towards entering the series? I'm not a great believer in destiny, but uh, <laughs> what I can say is we have built a drive car for our AMG drive days, which is based on a C63. That car has a full roll cage and some exhaust and suspension modifications and some other mods. The position with Mercedes-Benz Australia Pacific is we are not allowed to compete in motorsport, and that's not not our intention now or in the future. I've I've heard a lot of the rumours, and I think people are making some very very quantum leaps. I, I can I can say to you here and now that uh, that car is a drive car for AMG. We're doing it, you know, as part of I suppose supporting AMG in the local market. What? What other people might decide to do in the future is up to them. So, is V8 supercars the right market for Mercedes Benz? Oh, look, obviously, motor racing showcases the brand, and I mean, uh, Mercedes Benz is back in Formula One, you know, with its own team, you know, with Michael Schumacher. So, look, I think uh, there's all, you know, there's always a benefit for a brand in racing, and uh, uh, just as there is in, in rallying and other forms of motorsport. So. If, if Mercedes-Benz Motorsport and AMG did it, we'd absolutely be behind it. Also, in Bruce Newton's article, he talked about the rumour that BMW is also in negotiation with Team Center the Championship and the V8 Insiders have contacted Hyundai on a rumour that they might be preparing to join. Ben Hirschman from Hyundai, and he told the V8 Insiders they're not looking at V8 supercars. Uh, at this stage, um, the question I guess I can answer is that we won't be uh, competing in V8 supercars um, and uh, I would suggest that we wouldn't be, be doing anything else uh, with respect to V8 supercars. Howard Racing will not be part of the Fujitsu supports this weekend. It will end a 49 consecutive starting streak that has seen them win one title in 2006 with Adam Macro. The V8 Supercars this year has looked at rebuilding a better program for the Fujitsu entrance, as Damian White told the V8 Insiders. Perhaps the, the people in Teamland uh, struggled with the notion of whether V8 Supercars actually cared about the Fujitsu series. And in fact, internally, when I came on board, it was evident that they did care, that our ability to deliver that message to the teams and instill in them some confidence is probably where we failed. Uh, we've worked hard uh, in the back end of 2009 and early part of this year to, to prove to them that Fujitsu uh, Series is important. Team Vodafone has looked to divine intervention to keep Jamie Wincup's winning streak alive with the team visiting St Francis Xavier's Cathedral. Father Dean Martin blessed Jamie Wincup's Holden Commodore. Team Vodafone also featured in this week's Channel 10's Biggest Loser with Craig Lowndes taking the contestants through their paces. The Super Carnival has sentimented its management lineup. Brett Crusher Murray telling the V8 Insiders with the teams and their experience, it's possibly the best management of any Australian motorsport event ever assembled. Everyone involved at the senior management level has been involved in some way or another with the event um, during its glory days. And uh, it's great to see them all back together. So obviously you've got Tony Cochran at the head, who's a former CEO of the event. Um, Shane Howard, who's now the general manager, who also heads up V8 Supercar events and heads up all the other um, V8-owned events across the country. Jeff Jones, who um, was probably the most successful uh, CEO the events had, um, joins um, Sports Entertainment Limited as a director with Tony Cochran and uh, will come over 
um, well, the commercial side and the visionary side of the event, and uh, he's got a lot of great relationships on the Gold Coast and Queensland, the government, and, and uh, commercially, so he'll be a great asset. Ken Jeffers, who was the original CFO for V8 Supercars back in 1994-95, um, he's uh, worked all over the world on major events and with major companies, and, uh, and now works with V8 Supercar events, will come across this event. John Howe, who was the original designer of the, of the circuit, and uh, is regarded as one of the great visionaries for major events venues and, and race circuits around the world. And then, uh, of course, myself, um, who's been involved the, with the event since day one in some capacity or another. So we've got those six as the key management team. We've got another uh, another whole uh, marketing arm, which is um, full of great, uh, enthusiastic people with lots of ideas. And I think that uh, um, moulded with our logistics and operations team is going to make one hell of an event. So how is the new management team looking to promote the event in Asia, which was one of the reasons the Queensland government signed up with the A1GP in 2009? Oh, absolutely. Um, Asia has always been a, a prime market um, of this event, um, as, as is New Zealand, um, North America, and then obviously Europe. But, um, you know, with a new uh, V8 supercar deal in Asia, that's sort of going to sort of take care of itself. It's going to help educate the fans there. Um, obviously, we want some um, participation for some uh, Asian link drivers um, and for us to be able to take the sport into Asia itself, uh, you know, over the next six months or so to really promote the event. So I don't think there's any um, chance of that not happening. So to News in Brief now, and Greg Murphy has shaken down his new Triple Eight built Holden Commodore on Monday. New reasons why the demise of Perth were given this week by Tony Cochran, saying that alcohol restrictions will become more commonplace at V8 supercar events and the Barbagill management was not prepared to tighten up their access of alcohol into the circuit. This coming on the back of him saying that the pit lane was no longer suitable for the series now that they are refuelling the cars. And V8 Supercars is threatening to fine teams if they're not giving 100% at the Melbourne Grand Prix, $20,000. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Gordon Lomas and Grantland Rowley will be along to preview the Clipsal 500. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week on the show from V8X Magazine is Gordon Lomas. Good evening, Gordo. G'day, Craig. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Excited that the Australasian part of the season is about to get underway, as I sure is Speed Cafe's Grant Rowley. G'day, Grant. G'day, Craig. Thanks for having me. Well, guys, uh, with it all on the line at the Clipsal 500, it's interesting that the media attention has been diverted to places like Mercedes-Benz, BMW, Hyundai, and uh, really Bruce Newton's story in V8X has really kicked things off in a, a huge speculation week, uh, Grant. Uh, yes, um, 
massive, massive story. I, I guess something that we've we've known is coming for a while, but um, uh, great that uh, a manufacturer of the caliber of Mercedes Benz and BMW are being linked to uh, to, to possibly entering V8 supercars, and uh, and you know I can't see any downsides to it. Well, is it the right thing, Gordo, for the brands, BMW and Mercedes, to be running around with Falcons and Commodores? Oh, I can't see why not. You know, I think, um, look, I think it's, a, you know, as Grant said, it's a huge story, massive story. And I think, uh, you know, pretty much the sooner they come out and confirm all this, who the players are going to be, who the third and maybe fourth manufacturer is going to be, uh, you know, uh, when the car of the future comes in, I think the better... Uh, you know, certainly, uh, so, you know, whether it's Mercedes-Benz or Hyundai, doesn't matter. You know, whoever comes in, it's going to be a breath of fresh air for the whole championship. It's interesting, though, guys, that both Mercedes-Benz and Hyundai have said to me they're not going V8 supercar racing, whereas Mercedes was a little bit, it was more like not now. Hyundai was never, ever. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, some of them are going to play that line. Uh, while things, you know, nothing's been made public and nothing's official, um, you know, certainly, uh, you know, the, the, the politics of the whole thing, um, you're not, you're not going to get straight answers from anyone, uh, certainly at the moment. Um, and, uh, and no one in, in V8 supercars will, will be sort of giving straight answers. Uh, it's a little bit premature yet, but as I said before, the sooner, you know, uh, people start coming out and confirming things, I think the better for everyone. Is it a bit like the uh, WRC grant when we look at the manufacturers and how they ebb and flow? Could that be the future of uh, V8 supercar racing in Australia? Uh, I guess in some ways I hope not. I'd, I'd like to see a, uh, the guys who come in commit to it long-term like Ford and Holden have. Ford and Holden have obviously built a, a very good championship uh, here in Australia, you know, been a huge part of it. And, uh, you know, anyone who comes in, we, we don't want to... I, I, I don't think I'd like to see a, a company come in and have a have a three-year stay in the... Uh, commit to a three-year stay and then uh, and then disappear after that. I think uh, we've, we've sort of got to look at a minimum of a five-year deal to start with. And, um, and I'm sure they are looking at five years and, you know, options for a further five years after that. Well, it's a story that's uh, certainly exploded this week away, and um, I'm wondering, is having a, a story, Gordo, like this one, new manufacturers coming into the series, is this the best way to get people talking about the Clipsal 500, which you could almost call the hard launch of the season? Um, yeah, it's sort of, uh, I, I guess timing-wise, it's um, it's probably not all that, all that flash, is it? You know, I mean, you've got the the first Australian Championship round uh, this weekend in Clipsal 500, and then you've got, a, you know, in, in the background, well, it's very much in the foreground now, is this manufacturer story. So timing-wise, it's sort of taken a little bit of the gloss off uh, Clipsal. And the other thing about Clipsal is that it's, you know, this year it's been knocked off its perch as the first round of the series, you know, after the Middle East double header. So it's also going to be interesting to see what effect, if any, that has on Clipsal this weekend. Now, Grant, uh, you were, of course, in uh, the Middle East. What did you think of the soft launch as it almost was? Uh, uh, I thought, to, to be honest, I thought it was terrific. I thought um, the, uh, the, the opening two rounds, while the, uh, the racing was a little bit tame, which I can understand because the guys had limited spares over there, so they kind of needed to uh, be careful about where they, uh, which walls they stuck it into, and 
as we saw, there, there was hardly any incidents. And, you know, it was a, um, you know, racing terms, it was a, a little bit um, a little bit slow. Uh, and, yeah, there was no atmosphere. There was limited atmosphere there in the grandstands. And certainly on TV, it would have looked, uh, looked like nobody was there. However, in the behind the pits, I was actually surprised about how many people uh, and how many genuine punters there were hanging around in pit lane. For, for example, Bahrain. Uh, there was a lot of people uh, behind the uh, the V8 pit, pit garages, and I think the um, the locals there liked it because when Formula One comes to town, they they get totally blocked out of that. Um, you know, you've got to have your uh, super duper pass to uh, to be able to get into that area. So uh, I think people were surprised how close they could actually get to the uh, to the teams and to the drivers. Um, you know, there was atmosphere uh, at the, at the track behind. Uh, behind pit lane, uh, it's just a pity that the the grandstands were empty. But look, the grandstands aren't full for uh, for Formula One races there either. Mm. Now, of course, uh, one other big story this week was uh, all week they were talking, certainly with the media build up or the media releases building up to the launch about getting the band back together. The Super Carnival, one of the uh, first street races in uh, V8 Supercar and one of the first street races next to uh, the Adelaide Grand Prix. Do we think that the uh, Super Carnival is getting it right, Gordo? Oh, look, you know, I mean, of course I'm a bit biased because it's my backyard and, um, you know, I've, I've been to every one of those events since 1991. Um, but, look, you know, the bottom line is that the management team they've got in place now, they've got the smartest and most powerful people who are pulling this you know, new generation of event together, I don't think there's any negatives out of it. There's absolutely no negatives so you can draw out of it. You know, IMG are out of the way now. That's a good thing. Many people think that's a, that's a great thing. Um, you know, you've got, uh, you've got Jeff Jones, you've got Tony Cochran, you've got, um, uh, you know, the, the, the communications team of BAM Media behind the event. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's a win-win situation. And anyone who tries to pull it down is kidding themselves. Well, Rolly, you going to pull it down? Am I going to pull it down? Uh, not at all. Look, uh, as uh, as Gordo said, he's, he's probably the better person to, to speak there. He's uh, he's the local and um, he's the local in, in that area, and he uh, and, you know he understands uh, perhaps a, a a bit more uh, a bit more of it. You know, there's a lot of hype up there for the uh, for the Gold Coast Super Carnival, and um, and uh, look, we we need that event to be successful. We're doing. We do indeed, of course, recording this show a little bit earlier today with both Gordo and Grant Rowley at the Clipsal 500. And guys, uh, we're going to take a break here and be back with the Clipsal 500 preview in just a few moments. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing: V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. 
To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders from Speed Cafe. I've got Grant Rowley on the line along with Gordon Lomas from V8X Magazine. It's in stores now. And... Uh, Guys, Clipsal 500, traditionally the start of the season. I think for a lot of people, uh, it's it, it feels like the start of the season. It really um, is back into normal mode. I, I'm calling it Australasian mode, Rolly. But uh, what's, what's your impression of coming into Clipsal where it's not race one? Uh, to be honest, um, I'm, I'm not all that fussed by it. You know, uh, usually there is a, uh, a little bit of hype around uh, you know, seeing the new cars for the first time, the new drivers, new combination. Uh, for the first time, they like getting out used to down in anger, but now we've had a, uh, a couple of uh, a couple of races overseas. Um, everyone's seen what uh, what what everybody's got, and there's a little bit of a form guide leading into it. However, this this race is just so different to what what we've had over in. Uh, over in the Middle East, um, the concrete here is a lot closer to uh, the edge of the track than, than it is over at Yassin Marina. Um, guys are going to get a huge wake-up call when they're in the first practice session, and there's going to be there's going to be trash cars. There's going to be lots to talk about. Um, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe this is the start of the year. However, we we come in and we've seen the cars, and people have got some points in the bag. Gordo. Yeah, you know, I think the great majority of people are going to be at the Clipsal this weekend. Um, it may as well be the first championship round of the year, you know. Um, yeah, the only thing that, um, that disagrees with that is uh, Jamie Wincup's uh, four from four record, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly I think, uh, you know, from the, it's the, definitely the first Australian leg of the, of the 2010 championship. And, uh, and, you know, whatever happened in the Middle East, um, you know, it uh, doesn't matter here. This is a street circuit. It generally uh, produces some uh, some monumental crashes, um, and uh, that's going to play a factor. It's also going to be interesting to see how HRT, the Holden Racing Team, responds to the Team Vodafone, uh, team Vodafone um, perfect record out of the Middle East. It, it's imperative that the... Uh, the you know, the number one Holden factory team steps up to the plate this weekend after such a shaky start in Abu Dhabi and Bahrain. Well, that's it, isn't it, uh, Grant? We're, we're talking about Clipsal, and already we've got uh, hundreds of points between Will Davison, Garth Tander and Jamie Wincup, and that's a... It's not insurmountable, but, gee, it's damn hard to get back that many points. It's, uh, look, it's certainly not insurmountable. All we need is... Um all we need is Wink Cup to have one bad round and, and uh, Mark Winterbottom to have a, a decent result and he's going to be leading the championship. The, the point structure is still very, very close. Uh, and even for even for Garthander, you know, it's, it's not over. There's, uh, there's 22 races to go and 150 points, uh, you know, 300 points on offer in some cases. So um, it's, not, uh, it's certainly not over. They, you know, race drivers like to... Uh, uh, through the bad side of things most of the time. Um, uh, you know, when uh, when the championship gets to uh, make the halfway point, we can start looking at who's, who's in contention and who's not. All right. Now, this Jamie Wing Cup run, it's uh, been absolutely fantastic to see a team 
whether it be true, whether you like Triple Eight or not, it's been fantastic to see a team make the change they've made and not lose step in what they've been doing on the racetrack. And I, I don't know about you, Grant, but I think it's uh, it's obviously showing that Triple uh, Eight are just that engineering-wise, that step ahead of everyone else out there. Oh, it's, uh, it's absolutely clear that that's the case, and they've got a uh, they've got an edge on the pack, and, and they deserve to be. They deserve to be where they are at the moment. And, um, you know, the challenge is for uh, the other guys to step up and, and, and take it. All right, Gordo. I mean, you know, it's, it's clear that um, it's clear that they're operating. You know, Team Vodafone's operating in a different hemisphere than everyone else. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who, just who, is going to is going to issue the challenge and uh, and and. You know, get on their level and, and possibly overtake them. But certainly, interesting comment from Russell Ingall yesterday. Um, you know, they're running Triple Eight built Commodores who are full He said that uh, he's got access to, to uh, Win Cup and, uh, and Lounge's data. He said that, you know, Win Cup's definitely driving on the moment and, um, and it's, it's showing in his lap times. You know, I mean, you know, Jamie is. is dead set, you know, uh, in a league of his own at the moment. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how long he can sustain that kind of uh, that kind of competition. Well, I know when I was racing, uh, my father was teaching me and he said, it's, you draw the line at where you're in control and out of control. And some of the drivers draw it with a crayon and others draw it with a HB2 pencil, you know. It's, a, it's that difference that makes the uh, champion and, and the second-place man. It's just how they can draw that line and how fine they can get to that edge. The driving code of, the, the driving code of conduct has been released, guys. It was uh, given out at Abu Dhabi, uh, sorry, at Bahrain. And uh, whilst there's some very interesting pieces amongst it, what has been your take on what the V8 supercars are now saying is acceptable contact in racing, yeah, look, you know, some some slight changes, but um, to be honest, the way I, the way I look at it, and the way that uh, Thomas Mazira has to look at it, while they do Thomas Mazira, the uh, driving uh, standards observer, um, the way they have to look at it is every incident is different, uh, every circumstance is different, and um, and they've got to make a call from there. Look, it's a totally um, thankless, uh, unrewarding job, uh, you know, being a steward. Uh, totally difficult because um, uh, you know nobody wants to uh, nobody wants to be uh, shunted out of the race, and if they are shunted out of the race, they want to see some uh, they want to see a penalty. Uh, you know, you know, very difficult and, and hard to go through all of the uh, all of the, the, the little rule changes that they have uh, they have. But um, look, every, every, as I say, every circumstance is different, and, and that's how it needs to be used. Gordo, what's your take on the rubbing is racing? Look, I, um, I, think, I think there's got to be a, a degree of leniency to the whole thing. But again, it's, it's, it's like walking a tightrope. You know, how far do you go? I mean, there's, there's, there's got to be some, uh, there's got to be some, you know, rubbing and, and you know, pushing and picking here and there. But you, can't, you can't go out recklessly punting people off the of car, you know, blatantly wrecking their, wrecking their weekend. Um, so I, I think, you know, while it's a, it's a thankless job and it's a, it, it's a, you know, it's in, in some ways it's a no-win situation for stewards. I think, 
think there's got to be, you know, there's, there's got to be a clearer way of, of operating and, and letting these drivers actually, you know, um, you know, use a bit of muscle um, out there on the track, you know, without uh, letting them go too stupid. I guess the last thing we want to see, guys, is an incident like uh, we saw with Carl, uh, Carl Edwards and uh, Brad Keselowski in the NASCAR race last weekend where uh, one guy's tipped over and flipping down the front straight. Oh, you know, I mean, that's what I'm getting at. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. If someone will get killed in that sort of situation, and, uh, and you know, why do you want to see some good hard racing and, uh, and no one sort of, you know, pushing out of the fight, um, you certainly don't want it to, to go to the extent of Carl Edwards and Keselowski. Yep. Grant? Have... Even though it was spectacular. <laughs> yes, it was indeed. And fortunately... Uh, Kozlowski was okay, as Edwards was back at Talladega last year. Guys, uh, have you got a winner for us, Grant? It's, uh, it's, it's got to be Jamie Winkup, I'm sorry. He, he won both races here last year. He's won all four races at the start of this year. Uh, you know, I don't think he's... He doesn't look like making mistakes at the moment. He's not that much. And his qualifying is good, which is absolutely critical too. Uh, Gordo, you're going to go against the firm? Yeah, look, I'm gonna, you know, I'm an old punter from way back, Craig. Um, I'm gonna stick my neck out. Probably sort of say quite stupidly, but I'm gonna go for uh, Mark Winterbottom to register his first win of the championship and get uh, fourth performance racing back on, a, you know, on uh, on winning terms. All right, and then who's gonna win it on Sunday? Uh, I, look, I, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it could be it could be Frosty's weekend, mate. Um, I just think, uh, you know, they started the championship really well in the in the Middle East and. Um, you know, they've got, uh, they're starting, slowly starting to turn things around. I think if they can get their strategy right and, you know, eliminate all the stupid mistakes that they, they make over a race weekend, I really think they've got the, the race speed now over, you know, over the, the 250k distance to, to actually win. All right, we need to take a break and then it's gas and go after this. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Gas and go time now with, from V8X Magazine, it's Gordon Lomas, and from speedcafe.com.au, it's Grant Rowley. And gas and go, guys, 30 seconds you have to share to get the answer to the question. And we start with this. The team, getting the band back together was the theme of the week. Did we really think it was the management team up in Queensland or was it that Shell and Ford are going to be back with Dick Johnson Racing, Gordon Lomas? Uh, yeah, no. That's a... Um, yeah, the, the Blues Brothers, uh, the band's back together, certainly with a super carnival. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, possibly uh, you know, the, 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 the Ford you know, getting, uh, getting their favourite son back on board is, uh, is certainly a, a major thing. And, uh, you know, uh, over the... Over the last uh, season or two, I, I think Ford have realised that they've done the wrong thing and they're starting to correct it. Uh, all we need is uh, Ross Palmer to come back to Dick Johnson racing and then we've totally got the, uh, the team back together there, I think. <laughs>
is more manufacturers what's going to grow this sport or is it just going to be uh, another flash in the pan and we could get to Group A days? Sorry, there's no way that we're going to get back to Group A days. The, the rules are so stringent these days and um, you know, most of the cars are, while there's Fords and Holden, Falcons and Commodores out in the grid at the moment, um, there is... Um, you know, there's, there's rules to, to play by and there's parity and the, the cars are going to be the same. Um, so, yeah, there's no way we're going back to the uh, to the Group A days. They're basically, the cars are, cars are the same, just with uh, a little bit of different skin on them. Got it. Yeah, yeah, you pro- probably never say never to anything, um, but uh, I think uh, I think the future heavily with uh, with a lot more manufacturers coming in. You know, let's face it, you know, the general population out there, that a lot, a, a hell of a lot of them aren't just Holden and Ford supporters, you know. Uh, you know, they like like other marks, they drive a lot of other marks, so uh, more, the more manufacturers, the better, I reckon, for everyone. Is $20,000 enough to get people to pull their finger out at the Grand Prix, Gordon? Oh, uh, no. Well... You know, I, I think the whole Grand Prix thing needs, uh, needs the whole format needs to be revamped. Uh, you know, the, the, the threat of penalties for no one trying. I mean, that's you know they can eliminate that by having like a a um, you know like an all type race. You know, we've canvassed that before with Tony Cochran. Uh, you know, something like that at the Grand Prix would really make a difference. All right. What about you, Graham? How can I we... look? I totally agree. Give them an actual incentive to race, and then you know you won't have to. Uh... You won't have to write into the supplementary regulations that they, you've got to actually try during a race. It's just a, it's a ridiculous thing that should never have to be, should never have to be written in there. But they have had to do it because there were instances last year where teams were using it as a, a flat-out test session rather than actually having a go. Give these guys something to race for, prize money, uh, you know, a, a fancy format, um, something that can be uh, interesting for for the teams or, you know, want to give them the uh, that, that real desire to win uh, and also be uh, interesting for the fans. To be honest, uh, I think they've got three 13-lap races around uh, around the Albert Park track and, you know, with such a small time frame between races these days and the heavy workload that the teams have got, even now no one's going to want to push. So. The Fujitsu Series, Grant, is it on its last legs? Will the V8 Utes become the number two category in the country, if they're not already? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, a, uh, that's a real difficult one. and It uh, probably shouldn't, um, shouldn't be brought up in your gas and go. It needs a little bit more uh, explaining. But the thing is, uh, the V8 Utes um, have an extremely good television package and it costs a third of the price to, uh, to run one of the cars. Uh, even though they are basically a production car. So, look, I, I can't see it actually taking over as the, the second category. It's not going to develop any future racing stars. Uh, Fujitsu is where it's at. However, um, the Fujitsu series is uh, is pretty lean and it doesn't have a great deal of support from, from the main series team. So, um, no uh, hard and fast answer on that. Got it. Yeah, I think, um, I think the development series probably hasn't been handled correctly over a period of time, it's probably been to to a degree a little bit neglected as well uh, by the by the category. But I think uh, the, you know definitely the future is in the development series and uh, and not the Utes. Finally, now guys on Gas and Go, brought to you by V8X Magazine. Who's the first man in the turn eight wall? Gordo. The first man to hit the turn eight wall. 
catch up with you. That's Gas and Go for another week and it's the V8 Insiders. To Grant Rowley, uh, speedcafe.com.au. Certainly get all the action from you this weekend. I will uh, hope you uh, enjoy the first Australian round. Thanks, Adam. And I should also say, Gordon Lomas, Big Pond Sport is uh, another affiliate of yours and uh, you'll be uh, head-to-head against Grant on the uh, internet stakes. Yeah, no, I, uh, my brief this weekend is a little bit different, mate. I'm, uh, I'm working on a uh, on the, the history of V8 supercars book, so uh, Grant and I will be uh, actually in the same team this weekend. Oh, well, there you go. It's uh, great to catch up with you. V8X, of course, is on stores now, and, and if you want to know anything about the Clips of 500, Gordo, it's in that book, isn't it? Absolutely. All right, as the checker flag waves over this edition of the V8 Insiders. Until next week, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.